You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. If you'd like to get a free copy, just send a text to 33444 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 33444. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Ty Crandall. Ty is an internationally known speaker, author, pod show host, and business credit expert. With over 16 years of financial experience, Ty is recognized as an authority in business credit building, business credit scoring, and business credit repair. Ty is the author of two popular books on credit named Perfect Credit and The Business Credit Decoded. He's often interviewed on the radio and news, different TV programs and magazines, including Entrepreneur and Inc. Ty currently serves as the CEO of Credit Suite, where he has helped create and grow one of the biggest and most credible business coaching operations in the US. So welcome to the show, Ty. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for being here. You know, I will tell you that credit, especially for newer entrepreneurs or small business, can be a huge struggle, huge, huge, huge struggle. So I'm excited to dive into this today. We're going to talk about how small businesses can better leverage credit and capital to get to grow their business. But before we dig into that, tell us a little quick backstory of kind of how you got here for a minute or two, and then we'll dig right in. Yeah, absolutely, Dennis. I mean, the first business I ever started was a mortgage business. And I think like a lot of people, you know, I was doing mortgages at the time. So, you know, owning my own business, doing it was natural progression. And Things were going great until they weren't, right? The whole industry collapsed. I was there right when that whole thing went down. I was in the complete wrong place at the wrong time. And I saw firsthand, you know, how an entrepreneur can plan for all these things, but yet things come out of left field that we can't plan for that could completely knock us out. And that's what happened to me. Using my own personal credit to try to fund the business caught up to me when that happened. And when the business failed because of the shift in the economy, it pushed me almost to the verge of bankruptcy. So the next thing I would do is I would get in the consumer credit space and try to recover my credit and help others do the same. And along the way, a lot of people that were our customers started to ask us about business credit. And at the time, I'd spent about 10 years in financial services, didn't have a bunch of experience with it. And when I started to look into it, I realized nobody was talking about this topic. And when I discovered how powerful it was to entrepreneurs, I kind of decided to become that advocate and and join people like you and spread the word about how a business credit works and how business owners can obtain capital to be able to grow their business and and plan for the unexpected. So how long ago did you start? What is it? It's business credit. What is it? Credit Suite? Credit Suite. We, our first full year in business was 2015. So this is our fourth year in business. Gotcha. Okay, great. And that's your primary business, correct? Yeah, this is this is all I do. You know, if we're growing at quite a, a crazy pace. We're up 300% from where we were last year this time. And that's pretty consistent for us, two, 300% growth. And it happens because as an entrepreneur, I am solely focused on this. It's all I focus on. As enticing as many other things are, this is all I do. 
Great. Okay, cool. So have you raised any capital or is it bootstrapped? No, we'll do about 10, about nine or 10 million in sales this year. And we've done it from the ground up. We bootstrapped this using the exact same tactics that we kind of teach about on how to obtain capital. So we funded this completely self-funded. We absolutely have zero debt and we're pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch the growth we're experiencing without tapping into that joint venture money. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or I should say venture capital money, excuse me. Yeah, sure. So, all right. So let's get a little bit micro into your business for a minute before we talk about the steps that people can do to start leveraging credit. Let's talk a little bit about your business. So this credit suite, it's about you're going on your fourth year here. So you've probably got a pretty good handle if you're doing nine or 10 million in revenue this year, you got a pretty good handle on who your customers are, where they are and how to get them. So if you could do me a huge favor, tell me what's the number one strategy that you're using today to get new clients for your business? It's a tough question. So let me try to answer it like this. We believe very much in what we call information marketing. We believe in information, providing value, providing information, providing education, teaching people how to do what we do, knowing that a percentage of them will come and use us. And I have to answer it that way because it's impossible to just choose a media like Facebook because we do so many different kinds of marketing that it's really tough to say that there's just one we rely on. All right. So let me frame it to you this way. I'm going to press you a little bit on this, Ty. So if you could do only one thing and one thing only out of all the things you do in marketing and you had to let everything go by the wayside, what would that one thing be? If you had to choose. Here's the problem. Here's where I get stuck, (laughs) right? The problem is, is that's what got me into trouble to begin with. You know, when I owned a mortgage company, all I did was print media, right? And so when print media stopped working, then I went in a downward spiral because I only did one thing. I adamantly don't believe in doing one thing. I think that it's the death of a business because if that one thing shifts and doesn't work and you don't have a really well-rounded marketing strategy across media medias, I think you're in serious trouble. So for us right now, primarily where we spend money to get leads more than other sources are Facebook. But if I were to say Facebook, I think it's extremely dangerous to go down that road. Their timeline ad space is full. You're starting to see cost per leads climbing and climbing. They're experimenting things with Messenger, with groups, with Facebook Watch to find other places to advertise. So even they know that that they're at end of what they can do with timeline advertising. So that would be my answer and kind of some background behind my answer. No, that's perfect. I appreciate you expanding on that. Not only that, that they're running out of ad, they've run out of ad space, but also the fact that they literally can shut you off whenever they want. And they don't, and they don't need a reason. Yeah. And I had that happen at the beginning and they're horrible to communicate with. So yesterday was a perfect example, right? My birthday was Sunday. And so what happened was I got a bunch of people that wished me happy birthday. And because I was liking every one of those, you know, to thank the person, they called it unusual activity and completely shut everything down in my account for like a day. I couldn't even get in because I was liking people that wished me happy birthday. That's a perfect example of what you describe of how versatile or, or of, of how Facebook is just, you know, any of these medias, they can change one thing, they could do one thing, and that's why you never want to put your face solely in their hands. Yep, totally, totally agree. Now, All right. to expand off that real quick, and I know go we're ahead. short on time. No, go ahead. I just think that the short-term focus of where you get leads is where it gets a lot of entrepreneurs in trouble. We found our success by a combination of doing short-term direct response like Facebook, Google, et cetera, and then making long plays. 
doing things like a podcast or doing things like starting to make videos and putting them on YouTube, which might not net you anything for a year. But then when you start to see those things take place, as well as the direct response, the advertising, that's when I see you reach a tipping point. But I think that you have to focus on the long-term things as well that really won't net an immediate result. And then when those things start to net results on top of when you spend money to get leads, that's what we found in our business to be a tipping point. Perfect. Awesome. All right. So listen, you've been an entrepreneur for how many years now? Oh man, I'd, uh, I'd say about 2006, I think was when I first opened so t- uh, my mortgage company. So about so 12 years. 12 yeah. years. And you know, you've made, I'm sure you've made plenty of mistakes along the way, just like I have, just like any entrepreneur, but as it relates to credit suite, right? So if you could go back and make one change, if you could do it all over again, right? To get further faster, what would that one thing be as it relates to credit suite? It's really tough because I found in my history of entrepreneurship that you make your biggest leaps forward on the heels of your biggest mistakes, right? Like the failures and the mistakes are what push your back against the wall. And then you're pushing your back against the wall is what causes that scrappiness that makes you an entrepreneur to come out. And then like nobody better be in your way because you'll tear through them. So it's kind of hard to say because, I mean, the biggest mistakes that we've made have got us to where we are. So I think the one lesson I would learn is to get better at listening earlier, you know, we to listen, listen to our customers, listen to what the environment is telling us. I think paying attention to those things would be the one thing I would change, pay attention to those things more. But it's really tough to say that I would make one decision differently because those bad decisions caused cascading effects, which ultimately led us to greater success. Sure. Yeah. There's definitely a butterfly effect, a ripple effect for sure. There's no doubt. I agree with you hundred percent. So let's dig in here. So being the credit expert that you are. And in my personal opinion, I think business credit is a bit of a mystery to a lot of people. So is personal credit, right? But business credit in particular. So could you do us a huge favor and unpack this a little bit for us? Give my audience some tips or a framework or some strategies on how they by themselves could go and start better leveraging credit to help grow their business. Well, I think there's a lot of myths and things you don't want to do probably before you get into it and do it. You know, the the way that credit's designed, the one thing to know about business credit is a mystery. You know, entrepreneur reports 90% of business owners just know nothing about this topic. But the one thing to know as business owners is that consumer credit was never designed to fund businesses. And what we see is, you know, statistically 75% of business owners get money from family and friends, even more use their own personal credit to fund their business. And what we see a lot of is people use personal credit cards, they fund the business, they max out the credit cards, they tank their score, they lose their ability to really get money for their business. So the one lesson to be learned is that business credit was designed for a business to fund itself. It was designed for the business to start building a credit profile and score and then using it to qualify for money itself without the business owner needing to be a guarantor, without the business owner supplying a social security and a credit check and all these things that so many business owners succumb to. So Know that even as a startup, you can obtain business credit, but as you just mentioned, it's really following kind of a a system of steps that I guess I can kind of overview now. I mean, the first thing you want to do is recognize that all credit issuers and lenders have a secret set of standards you must meet to get approved. They're scrutinizing your credibility right from the beginning. You know, they want you to have a business address or a virtual address. They don't like PO boxes or UPS addresses. They want you to have 
a business phone number or virtual phone number like uh, like Ring Central. They don't want a home phone or a mobile phone to be listed as the phone. They want you to have a website and a professional email address. They want to make sure that you have an entity set up that it's preferably a corporation or an LLC to to limit your liability. That you have the proper licensing that you need. That you have a toll free business number and a, and a fax number and your phone numbers listed with four one one. Those are some of the basics to just make sure that your business is set up credibly right from the beginning. Once you've done so, then go to creditsuite.com forward slash reports and just do a free check to see if the reporting agencies know you exist now. And, and you, while you're there on Dun & Bradstreet's website, get your Dunn's number. It's completely free, although they will try to call and sell you a bunch of services you don't need. It's completely free to get your Dunn's number. Once you've done some research just quick and made sure that you got your Dunn's number to get set up with Dun & Bradstreet, the next step is to start getting credit that reports to the reporting agencies. So there are places like Uline that sells like shipping supplies and Quill that sells office supplies and Granger that sells outdoor supplies. These kind of vendors are very unique because they'll give you credit when you have none. They don't require credit checks or personal guarantees from you for approval. And they report that credit to the business credit reporting agencies like Dun & Bradstreet. So you get credit, you use the credit, you pay the bill. And then those credit issuers start to report that credit and that establishes your credit reports and scores typically in about 30 days on average of you paying the bill for that account. Once you have about five of those accounts, then you can start to move on to retail credit, you know, retailers, stores like Best Buy, like Amazon and Apple and Dell and all that kind of credit comes in about 60 days when about five accounts are reported on your business credit reports. And then you just continue applying. When you start to get more of those retail kind of credit cards and get up to about 14, then you kind of move to the final tier, which is getting Visa cards and MasterCards you can use anywhere and auto vehicle financing and a fleet credit like fuel credit cards, et cetera. So I know it's kind of a quick run through and, and I'll talk about a free guide at the end that, they, that, that your listeners can get that maps out the steps in more detail. But that is a brief overview of exactly how you build business credit. Okay, cool. So what do you see that, and that was perfect. I really appreciate you laying it out like that. Four parts, very sequential. And I think that will definitely help some of the listeners for sure. So I really, really appreciate that. What do you see as some of the biggest mistakes or pitfalls that you see businesses doing wrong when it comes to credit? Could you point out a couple of those things? The very first mistake I see is this. An entrepreneur misestimates how much it's going to take to build the business. They say it's going to take five grand. They say, man, I've got you know 30 grand in credit cards. So I'm going to use my credit cards to pay the five grand because it's easy. It's convenient. It's accessible. Then they use their consumer credit. Then, you know, what they quickly find out is that it's not five grand, right? It's 15, it's 20. Like the expense and the cost and the time it takes to start generating money was way worse than they thought it was going to be. So they continue to do the same thing, put more money on credit cards. What happens is they, they get to a point where they inevitably max out the credit cards. Now they're worried. Now they're in trouble, right? Now they've got debt. Now they don't have the means yet to pay for the debt. Then they take the step to go look for money. And the problem with that is, is that, you know, the 30% of the consumer credit score is made up of utilization. So when you put high balances on those credit cards, you tank your credit scores. And then that ruins one of the assets, your credit, your personal credit that could have been used to get you the money you needed to fund the business. So I think using consumer credit to fund a business is one of the, the biggest mistakes that I see people make. Another one is just because credit issuers ask for a social security number or a guarantee, people voluntarily give it to them when they don't even really need to. 
You know, if you build some business credit and establish that credit profile and score, you then easily have the ability to say to that credit issuer, I don't want to have a credit check. I don't want to have a guarantee. I only want to apply in my business name, forcing them to only pull the EIN business credit and make the approval decision based on that. So there's a lot of mistakes that people make, Dennis, but those are two of the most common ones is giving a guarantee when you don't have to and using consumer credit when you don't have to, where business credit could solve both of those problems. All right. So consumer credit, and that and that's perfect. I, I, I love that tip. So consumer credit, we're always talking about companies like Equifax and Transperian, I think, and some of these other ones, right? Credit Karma, right? You hear all the ads about those. So tell me, who are the players when it comes to business credit? I think you mentioned one done in Bradstreet. Are there others? Well, look, in our world, even you know, in, in any country, let's say the United States, for example, there are thousands of credit bureaus. What happens is small credit bureaus pop up, and then when they get any, any real headway, the big ones buy them. And so in the consumer world, we're used to TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian because those are the main ones that have bought up all the little guys over many, many, many years, and they're the biggest three. In the business world, Experian and Equifax are also very big, but the biggest player by far is called Dun & Bradstreet. And Dun & Bradstreet has about 10 times as many records on file as Experian. So like there, you could take 10 Experience to add up to what Dun & Bradstreet has. So they are the big player. Experian's kind of second and Equifax is third. Those are the three main ones that your listeners are going to want to know about. Perfect. No, that's perfect. That that's awesome. So they could go there, like you said, to Dun and Bradstreet, see if Dun and Bradstreet knows anything about them, and then they could actually pull their own credit, just like they do on their personal credit, right? Sure. You, you, as a matter of fact, they can go to creditsuite.com forward slash monitoring and get mo- credit monitoring for twenty four bucks a month directly from NAV, which supplies Dun and Bradstreet and Experian credit reports. If they go directly to Experian, it's about fifty bucks a month. If they go directly to Dun and Bradstreet, it's about hundred and fifty bucks a month. So that'll save them about 90% on monitoring. But my advice is always to do a free search to see if the reporting agencies know you exist first. And that's where I mentioned creditsuite.com forward slash reports. The reason that's so important is because in the commercial world, in the business world, if Experian and Equifax even know your business exists, which means they know you have a business name, address, and SIC code, which they typically get that from your secretary of state. They immediately populate a credit report for you, even if you have no credit, and they immediately issue you with that report a failing score, a 27, 28, or 29 out of 100, which is a failing score, a medium to high risk. So in the business world, what the bureaus are saying is the fact that you exist as a business and don't have credit makes you high risk by default. And so it's a very scary thing because, for example, that means your failure risk score, literally a score that depicts your risk of going bankrupt is extremely high. You're high risk even when you've done nothing wrong. So you always want to start by checking to see if these guys know you exist. If, like you said, if they do, if a search does pull up that they know you exist, get your report to see what's on there. See what your scores are. See what you're starting with because it's very common to start with bad credit even when you have none just because you have no credit reporting to the reporting agencies. All right. Last question about credit and then we're going to move forward with a couple of rapid fires. So I know that as a consumer, it seems like it takes forever for your credit to improve, right? I mean, I, we've all, when I was younger, we all did dumb things and we had those 550 credit scores and, and, you know, and, and everybody struggled with it. And it seems like it takes years and years and years to get your credit to improve your credit significantly. How is that in the, on the business side? You mentioned that when you're a new business, 
they set you up with a high risk type score. How quickly can you move into, can you move the needle on that? I mean, are you talking about months, years? What are you talking about? Well, it's very quick. The problem with consumer credit is the game is rigged. The way that consumer credit works is that if you consciously try to focus on improving one aspect of the score, by default, you hurt another. And that's why it's like a shell game that takes many years of well-disciplined borrowing to ever get good scores. So here's an example. The five components of a consumer FICO score, your payment history, your utilization, how long you've had credit, how much new credit you've got or inquiries and credit mix. So let's try to fix one of those. Let's say the credit mix is that we don't have a mortgage. Okay, so in order to get the best credit mix, we need to go get a mortgage. But the minute we go get a mortgage, the first thing we do is put inquiries on our credit report that hurt the new credit aspect of the score. And worse than that, the minute the mortgage hits our credit report, we are maxed out because the loan we got the amount for is what we owe, obviously, which maxes out our utilization on the account. So just a mortgage being added to my credit report will drop my score 100, 120 points. So that's how the whole FICO works. When you try to fix one aspect of the score, you indirectly damage another, and this is why it takes so many years to get a good score. Now, fast forward to the business credit world. In our world, the scores are only based on one thing, how you pay your bills. It's only payment history. So all you ever need to do to get a good score is to pay a bill as agreed. So for example, somebody can be issued a failing Experian credit score of 28 because they have no credit. But the minute they add one account to their Experian report that they pay on time, their score shoots up to a 96. We see this all the time. People go from failing to excellent scores with one account paid as agreed. And that's because the payments are strictly based on how you pay. So you can get good scores in 30 days, 60 days. You can get to Visa cards, MasterCards, auto vehicle financing in six months. In the consumer world, it takes you six months from starting a credit profile before FICO will even give you a score. And in the business world, in six months, you're to the top tier. You're to the top thing that you can even use your business credit for. No, that's perfect. Okay, awesome. All right, listen, we're going to do a quick rapid fire here on the next couple of questions. Keep them as short as possible. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using to grow your business today? Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft. Great. What would be one book that you've read recently that you think my audience would enjoy? Recently, interesting. I'm going to uh, to pull up my recent ones to find one of the most, uh, the best ones I've had. Uh, I like, uh, man, that's tough, 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 tough. Um, trust me, I'm lying. Who's that by? It. Ryan Holiday. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. But actually, I'm going to give you a different one. I'm going to give you Contagious by Jonah Berger. J-O-N-A-H-B-E-R-G-E-R. Trust me, I'm lying is a little cryptic. You know, I mean, it's about how you control the media space, which is pretty interesting. But Contagious is amazing. It's a great... I've read every book I can find on virality. It's the best book I found on virality that I think your listeners will really enjoy. Awesome. Listen, Ty, I really appreciate you being on here. You're obviously, you've demonstrated your expertise in business credit. I'm so glad that you came on the show. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Credit Suite, and we'll close it out for today. Absolutely. We've got a great free guide that maps out in way more detail the steps to build business credit. It's right on our website, creditsuite.com forward slash EIN. So that's Credit Suite spelled S-U-I-T-E forward slash EIN. Awesome. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Have an awesome day and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Dennis, for having me on. I had a blast. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.